Are you saying you think that 2020 is the year where average folks should start considering getting rid of the the slab of metal and glass and moving into foldables? It'll be ready for the average person. So I think it'll be the first year that people should consider okay. at least and decide if it fits their lifestyle. Certainly the Galaxy Fold, while an amazing feat of engineering, yes. is not a device for everybody. I don't think it's a device that most people should buy. I didn't think even Samsung would admit that too. But I think what's going to be coming next year, presumably, mm-hmm. uh, will be the first generation of foldables that are worth considering as your only device in your pocket. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am still John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. And John, this week we have a we have a pretty interesting show. We got a saucy, uh, a saucy, perhaps controversial uh, show to talk <laughs> yes. about. For sure. And also last week in the intro, there was a topic that I mentioned that we were going to cover that we actually ended up not talking about at all, which a couple people reached out about. I'm like, hey, we thought you were going to talk about this and you didn't. So last week we said we were going to talk about upcoming foldable, rumored foldable devices. Yes. We're going to do that this week as a make good. But we have some other things to talk about as well. So let's, yeah, let's just you, jump you, in. You, you can blame Renee Ritchie, by the way, for last week for being so <laughs> enthralling. That's true. Uh, to talk to that we probably yeah. could have gone that show for about three hours. I agree uh, with talking you. to him. That's what the problem was. So we're going to kick off this show by doing a bit of a redux. Like last week, the AirPods Pro came out. I had received sure. my review unit about 15 minutes before we started recording the show last week. Yours hadn't arrived yet. I was Renee staring Ritchie. outside, waiting for oh, yeah. waiting for the UPS truck, like of course, a, like, with a pup, a tear. like a puppy waiting for the owner. Tear in your eye. Renee was the only one who had, had him last week, so he gave yeah. us his his opinions. But um, now that you and I had had him for about a week, why don't we talk about it? AirPods Pro. AirPods Pro. So are you are you an audio guy? Like, dude, does audio fidelity doesn't matter that much to you? Yeah, it does. So I am okay. both. As we were talking about before we went live or not live recording today, I am a, a video file with my 8K TV. And an audio file. So I have a, in my TV room, I have a 9.4.2 Dolby Atmos surround sound system. I'm obsessed. All right. And I want, I want good audio and good video when I'm enjoying content. But I have found that at least with my headphones, convenience has trumped audio quality. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not an audio guy, really. I don't have an ear for music so much. So for me, AirPods or any headphones is about what sounds good and what cancels out noise. So I use them on airplanes and around Kim and my kids, and I just need to focus and listen. So those are, mm-hmm. I have a low bar. It's a convenience factor for me. And AirPods, the, you know, the first and second gen, always sort of filled that nicely. They were never a pair of headphones I could take with me on an airplane. Yeah. Um, they were they're horrible on an airplane. You, you, everything came through. You couldn't really use them. I've been actually relatively impressed with AirPods to, or with the new AirPods Pro, rather, active noise canceling. They're not the best, certainly not as good as the Sony or the Bose over ears. Uh, I'm probably not as good as the Sony in-ears either, but they are pretty decent. They do a nice job blocking out noise. I like having transparency mode. I'm using them more and more, and I have more use cases for the AirPods Pro, mm-hmm. with the caveat that if you have AirPods 2, you probably don't need them. Well, unless, unless all the things that you just mentioned apply to you, though. So for me, I would use the AirPods uh, original, second gen, even on airplanes. And what I didn't even realize, and I think most people don't realize until I really thought about it and then started searching, is they work great on airplanes if you turn them up, but 
you don't realize that you're listening at dangerous levels because the airplane is so loud. So you're trying to drown out the loudness of a plane or a loud environment with these headphones that don't do noise cancellation. So you have to turn them up to a level where if you were in a quiet environment, it would probably be painful to be listening at that level. So I was likely actually doing damage to my ears when using the original AirPods in those types of environments. So I was happy to see that we now have active noise canceling on the AirPod Pros and also that Apple was doing it differently. So for those who don't know, there is a vent basically that you put the AirPod Pros in and air can still flow through to your inner ear despite you creating a seal. And Mm -hmm. that makes noise cancellation comfortable. So a lot of times when you put on noise canceling headphones, there's this feeling, I don't even know what to call it, but it's like you're instantly sucked into a vacuum. And when you turn on a noise cancellation and it kind of throws you off a little bit because air isn't getting through. And so Apple's active noise cancellation is actually canceling out noise in a different way in real time, 200 times per second, by having a microphone that's inside your ear canal that's facing out to hear what you're hearing, and then another one that's facing inside your ear to hear what's inside there to cancel everything out with anti-noise on the fly rather than just having like an on or off setting. Yeah, the anti-noise thing is interesting. Um, Snazzy Quinn did a really good job explaining it. It's kind of the reverse sound waves that you're getting in and your brain just sort of cancels them out as like nothing. It's like putting out a plus one and plus one and a minus one and your brain just gets to zero. Which is crazy. Like that's, I mean, that's such an Apple thing though. Like that, that, if they were going to do it a certain way, right? Like this is an Apple way of doing things because not only do you get the benefit of the noise cancellation that you might get on another pair of in-ear headphones, but you're getting it without having the uncomfortable feeling of like having something suctioned into your ear canal. Yeah. I mean, it boils down to, I think they do a really good job with active noise canceling. You get all the cool like Apple pairing stuff and the easy transfer between devices. Battery life seems to be the same as the AirPods too, which is, which is nice. And they're a little smaller and less, uh, look at me. I have AirPods. uh, than perhaps before. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, now it's like, (laughs) now that they're out there, I think people are going to be glancing at you a little more. It's like, do you have AirPods One or, or do you have AirPods Pro? What are you going? What are you? What are yeah. you rocking You're right be now? Quiet, quietly judged for not having the. Pro That's ones. right. That's right. The other day, actually, I was <laughs> I was at a, I was checking out at the grocery store and I noticed someone with AirPods in. I don't know why. And I'm looking at their AirPods and I realize there's like a little button on like the uh, the outside of the stem. I was like, wait a minute, they're wearing fake AirPods right now because AirPods don't have a button. So no. yeah, there was a physical button on the stem and I was like, okay, they're, they're rocking like $10, uh, counterfeit AirPods. AirPods. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm not that guy. Listen, everybody, everybody does their thing. <laughs> I've I'm already not, se- I'm, I'm not judging people's headphone selection. I just you're a little judge. You're a little, you're a little judgy Edwards. Listen, little judgy. listen, I just don't like counterfeits. That's it. Buy other types of headphones. That's fine. But don't buy headphones where they're very obviously and blatantly trying to sell something that looks like something else. I don't know. I mean, is that maybe it's legal? I don't, I don't know. know. It I seems mean, like, like it's illegal. I don't know. But you knew they weren't real AirPods. You saw a button on it. You're like, oh, those look like it. Those look like AirPods. I knew. Would the average I mean, person so they, know? They weren't trying. I don't know. I, I go both sides of it. I can see the business side and how it hurts the businesses. But also, I'm like, eh, I don't really care. Fine. I am counterfeit ambivalent, I think. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So 250 bucks, AirPods Pro, 250. How do you feel about that price? It's the same way you feel about all Apple prices, right? Like, man, this product's great, but I just wish it was less expensive. But like from the business side of things, you know, Apple clearly knows their supply and demand. They know where those curves meet. And they sell a lot of them. So they're expensive, but they're still selling a ton of them. So I think that the price is probably where it should be, despite being really high. You know, Apple probably recoups all their R&D dollars in the first four or five months of it. And then it's just profit after mm-hmm. the cost of, you know, manufacturing equipment after that. Yeah. So we have, so it's, like I said, 250. The AirPods 2 are 160 with a charging case. And then if you want the wireless charging case, 199 So of, I should say ton of sales going on too, though, on that's AirPods true. 2 with the wireless charging for Black Friday and that kind of stuff, like a ton and Black Friday stuff has started super early. Like Best Buy had ridiculous deals yesterday, just randomly out of nowhere. Yeah, they released like their flyer early. Target's got their flyer out early. What's going um, on? It seems like Black Friday is like just November. It's just like, a- yeah, we're November. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, bl- just bl- it's Black Friday, so we're, so we're good. <laughs> it's Black Friday season now. Okay. So, okay. So when Apple originally released the first AirPods, they were likely the most inexpensive, like non-crappy yeah. Kickstarter, true, as people say, true wireless earbuds, sure. $159. The wireless charging case adds 40 bucks, makes it 199 So you can get to make the parity equal. AirPods Pro only come in a wireless charging case model. So it's a $50 premium over the second gen AirPods, basically, when you look yeah. at feature for feature. And when you look at it that way, I feel like that's not that bad. 50 bucks to get no, it's, it's, all it's, the it's features. No, it's not horrible. I mean, it, it's not. So, yeah, I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of these selling in the next four to six weeks. It's probably going to be the go-to, I imagine, probably one of the go-to gifts, you know, for the holidays. Like, hey, here's some, here's some AirPods. I don't know what I, I don't know what to get you, so I don't <laughs> know. Here's it. some AirPods. Here's some AirPods. I don't care what phone yeah. you have. AirPods will work. Yeah, here's some AirPods. All right, let's talk about uh, the next topic here. So Apple AirPods Pro, I give it a thumbs up. Sounds like you give it a thumbs up. Yeah, definitely we recommend them if you can afford it. Get it. A product that we're not sure that you should get, whether you can afford it or not, is the Google Pixel Four. And I asked you before we started, Hey John, oh, man, anything you want to talk about today? And you didn't even say Google Pixel 4. What you said was, does Google want the Pixel to do well? Question mark. Yeah. So So (laughs) we put out our our Google Pixel 4 review yesterday. So we're filming this on a Friday. So that video went up on a Thursday. And it's such a confounding, confusing device to me. In theory, the manufacturer of the OS, of the software, should be able to give you the best experience for that operating system, right? Of course. Um, Apple's got it vertically integrated, the Microsoft Surface line, amongst the best hardware experience you can get from Windows. Yeah. You should expect that same from Google. And I think the Pixel promise has always been really top-notch software, the best Google software experience that, that Google thinks they can give, amazing software support you know, for years, and amongst the best camera experience out there. And certainly the phones have had their issues. They've had screen issues and that kind of thing. But Mm. the Pixel 4 is such a confusing device to me. So first, the price is extremely high. Yeah. And then they did the Apple thing. You get 64 gigabytes of storage, which is insane and ridiculous. And I don't think Apple should do it. I don't think anybody should charge 800 bucks for a phone and give you 64 gigs of base storage. But then they added an incredible 90 hertz screen, which by all accounts is a beautiful looking screen. But on the regular Pixel, they shrunk the battery from the 3 to the 4. (laughs) Right. I thought my Pixel 4 was broken 
the battery life was so abysmal. Wow. And the report said if you drop the brightness below 75%, it drops it down to 60 hertz, and then the battery lasts longer. But then what's the point of having that nicer screen? Correct. And then they have a camera that's amazing at stills, is no longer the best in business at stills. There's certainly a lot of competition out there Mm -hmm. that takes as good photography now, especially in the night shot. And video, you know, hardware capable of a lot for video, but they're telling you you can really only shoot 4K at 4K30. Yeah. And that, that's like an Apple thing to do, tell you what you should do. Not 4K24 if you want to, not 4K60 if you'd like. You only want 4K30, so that's all we're going to give you. <laughs> they don't know what I want. And for a manufacturer supposed to be all about camera and the best camera experience, not adding an ultra wide is weird here as well. So now you've got less flexibility. Yes. You have the competition, not to talk about the iPhone, but a lot of the Android world offers three or even more camera sensors. So really all you're getting now with the Pixel is software updates for three years. The Android experience is, I don't think, no longer the best industry. I think that crown goes to OnePlus. I think OnePlus does Android better than Google. And I don't understand what they're thinking with the Pixel. Did they not know people are going to be upset? The design is relatively uninspired, although it's the best looking Pixel that they've had. What is Google trying to do here? So I tweeted yesterday, I'm like, bring back the Nexus line. Let other manufacturers take a crack at their hardware. Let Google do the software. Imagine a a OnePlus made Pixel. Or bring back the Google Play Edition of flagships and let Google do what they do best, which is clearly not the hardware. And that is my ramblings on the Pixel 4. Hey, well, I mean, justified. I don't know why a program would need to exist, though. Any manufacturer can take Android as is and not slap a skin on it and release a phone like they don't need Google's permission or Google to say, here's our latest program, Google One, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Google Play, like they can just do that if they want to. But apparently they don't want to. Now, you started with price, which I think is such a weird. Can I I back up real fast? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, that's true. In some ways, it's not. So like the Pixel camera, that's unique to the Pixel. Now you can sideload APKs and that kind of stuff. But there are still some software features that are unique to the Pixel. That's not sort of in the stock Android that any manufacturer can put on their phones. That's true. Pricing. You mentioned pricing, which... I did. This is the biggest thing for me that confuses me. So I've always found the Pixel in particular to be the Android version of an iPhone. It's the safest. It's the most, in my opinion at least taking sales out of it, because if you're talking sales, then you're just going to talk about Samsung. So taking sales out of it as a hardware device, it is the closest to an iPhone. It's like the mass market version of Android, in my opinion. Okay. When you look at the price, iPhone 11, Mm -hmm. 699 bucks, 64 gigs, Google Pixel 4, 799, 64 gigs. Okay. So right there, hundred dollars more for the same amount of storage. You might find other things about Android or the Pixel that might you might say, okay, $100 more is worth it for me for X reason. Mm-hmm. However, you just mentioned 64 gigabytes is not a lot. I do know a lot of people who have 64 gigabyte phones who surprisingly, when I'm like, let me see your phone, let me check out how much you're using, and they're only using like 20 or 30 gigs, like it's no big deal. But let's just say you're one of those people who needs to bump up to the next level and you mm-hmm. wanna go 128. So Apple is gonna charge you $50, so you're going to go up to 749 for a 128 gigabyte iPhone 11. You're still $50 less than the 64 gig Pixel 4 and Google's charging you $100 to go to 128. 
So a 128 gigabyte Pixel 4 is $150 more than a 128 gig iPhone 11. I have no idea where they're getting this pricing scheme. No. And what if you're looking at the iPhone 11 Pro, Andrew, if you want to add that extra hundred bucks to the 64 gig iPhone 11 Pro, you go to 256. Right. Not even 128. Right. Yeah, exactly. So if you're playing in the iPhone 11 realm, pricing doesn't make sense there. And then some people did say to me, well, this is more comparable to a a pro phone. This is like a flagship. You're comparing it to like the mid range. And like you just said, the argument you made, okay, well, if you're talking flagship levels, Samsung is starting you at 128 and taking you up to a terabyte if you want. Wait, is it a terabyte or is it was 512 taking you up to 512? Apple's taking you up to 512 and their mid levels 256. Google is capping out. (laughs) They're capping out at 128. There's no expandable storage. I don't get it. I don't understand it either. And then also there's the things that like, so mentioning about storage, the things that Google removed from the Pixel 3 to the Pixel 4. One of some of the amazing features that the 3 had and the, the 3A, the unlimited full res storage of photos, like how cool is that? Mm-hmm. And now that's gone. A smaller battery on the regular. Like it just, there's a lot of head scratch. It kind of makes me wonder, like, is Google really trying to sell phones? Like, what are they, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to make other manufacturers look better? It's, it's just, <laughs> It's hard to recommend the Pixel. I just, I don't, there's so many better Android options out there right now. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing is when you step back and you take your eyes off of just the phones from any company, Samsung is a company that makes refrigerators, TVs, washer dryers. They don't live and die by their smartphone, right? Apple. No, certainly not. You look at Apple. They had to make a conscious switch in their strategy, because that company, despite being, you know, the number one, number two or number three biggest company in the world, lived and died by their smartphone sales. Like that smartphone was Apple. The iPhone was Apple. And they've been making a shift over the past year and a half to diversify. Then you look at Google. Google's bread and butter isn't a phone by any stretch of the imagination. Their bread and butter is advertising. Number one, Google is an advertising company. And, and they data use, mining. Yes, and data mining. And they use things like search and email and every service that they offer to bolster the ad business and the data mining business. So when I look at it that way, coming from the top of Google, is there a directive that says we need to be the number one smartphone seller in the world when you have these other two major businesses? And this is almost like a drop in the bucket. It's almost like the pixel to Google is what what Apple TV used to be to Apple. It's like such a, we're not even paying attention to it. It's just something off on the side. And obviously I'm not talking about Apple TV today, which is, you know, a big, a big push that they're doing. But, you know, a couple of years ago, they used to call it a hobby. This is just our hobby. It's just something we're we're just playing with this. It's no big deal. No one really buys this thing. I kind of feel like that's what it is with the Pixel for them. They just, they just want to have something out there. They want to show manufacturers, even though this year they're kind of not doing a great job at it, showing me, hey, here's what we see as the ideal Android device. But I don't know that they even want to be the top seller of these phones. I mean, these phones get back ordered. We know the Pixel is not one of the top, even top five selling smartphones in this country. And yet they're back ordered instantly the way an iPhone is back ordered. That means they're not making a lot of these things. 
So my thought to that is if they're in the advertising business and the data mining business, don't they want the largest sample size? I mean, oh, for sure. they, so, I mean so wouldn't they more people have their phones, the the bigger their data mining, the bigger their their ad push can be. So I, I still don't understand why they wouldn't want to sell as many as they can mm-hmm. if they're in the phone business. You know, I <laughs> I'm like trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of a great answer to come back at you with. And I'm just like, I got nothing. I think the only the only real answer that I think exists for that question is if you buy an Android device, Google is data mining you right there. 100 percent. Whether you have a pixel or not. And if you have an iPhone, you're likely running Google apps on it. Right. So, 100%. I mean, Google pays a lot of money to be the default search in mobile Safari. If you're using YouTube, if you're using Google Photos, if you're using Gmail, if you're using Google Maps, they have their hooks into basically any phone that sells today to the point where I wonder how much more data are they getting from someone who's carrying a Pixel versus carrying, you know, a Note 10 or an iPhone. I don't know the answer to that, but it just seems like they get a lot of data anyway. I don't disagree. I can't understand why if you can go through the effort of putting out hardware, why not make it the best experience you can give? Is it sort of a hard thing that I I have a hard time with the Pixel 4? I think it's such a big miss for Google that I think it's going to sour people from for the next generation or few of Pixels if they don't sort of offer something drastically, drastically improved. And I didn't didn't even talk about the fact you can unlock the phone with your eyes closed. I mean, that's (laughs) something that. And then they said a fix is coming months later. Did they not think that was going to be a security issue? Come on. What do you mean months? Exactly. When I saw the months thing, I was like, you guys just aren't. You're not getting this. You know, the one thing that I also saw that's frustrating, and I know a lot of people see this as a positive because almost similar to me when I bought the AK TV for $10,000 and then a few months later it was $7,000. I'm seeing that on Black Friday, the Pixel 4 may be discounted by up to $400. Wow. If you bought this phone at launch, which was just what, a, a few weeks ago, like three weeks ago? Yeah. Less than two months later, it's half the price. That's terrible. Terrible. That's terrible. And this happens. This seems to happen every year. It seems every year they release a new pixel and then come around Black Friday. It's deeply discounted. Like you're not going to find a new iPhone 11 deeply discounted like that. No, 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 certainly not. So let me ask you this. Pixel 5, a year away, Pixel 5, or Mm -hmm. even if you want to take it this route, Pixel 4a. What do you want to see from Google that will kind of reinvigorate how you feel about the Pixel? I mean, so I think the Pixel 3a line of phones, so the 3a and the 3xl were mm-hmm. perfect. I think those were close to what the Pixel should be. It was a reasonable price. You had an amazing camera. That was a good value for the dollar. I think, let's say, talk about, talk about Pixel 5. I think if there's plans for a 5 and a 5a line, mm-hmm. scrap the 5 line. Make the 5A and the 5A XL with the Pixel 5 will be. Drop the price point, 600 bucks, maybe a plastic body. Add in that third camera as people have the option, the flexibility. Make a commitment to video as you've made the still photography. Uh, Not just on giving different resolutions to record in, but on the the HDR and the stability that Apple is doing really well, I think would be tremendous. And would be a huge boon for what Google can do. I would certainly put as much RAM as conceivably possible on the phones. I think that certainly needs it. And I was shocked they released a phone at that price point with the 855 and not the 855 plus. I thought that was a big, big miss this time of year. So release it with the best processor possible. So this time next year, say it's the 865 plus. 
I think that would be, would get people back and just make it not ugly. Like spend a little bit of time <laughs> on design, like a little bit of time on, on what it should look like. And uh, I think people will flock back to the pixel and that pixel promise that Google made now four years ago, I think will still be true. I think the word flock is a little, uh, <laughs> flock <laughs> running, little... camping, camping out. <laughs> I don't know that the pixel has ever <laughs> sold well enough to have anything considered to be people are flocking back to. I mean, um, that's fair. I'm just saying, like, do you? I'm being a little, being a little dramatic. I get it. Yes, yes. Because if you look around, I mean, the average person just look around on a subway or the bus or just out and about. I mean, it's a shame. But in the United States, you're just seeing iPhones and, and Samsung devices. And every now and then you'll see something else. And when you do, it's like, oh, wow, that person person must be into tech because no one knows about that. You're not wrong on that one at all. But to get the attention of the masses in the first place, you do need to put out a quality product, which. Agreed. Mm, they, they might have failed to do this year. All right. Up next, we're not done talking about smartphones. Never we are going to jump in to the foldable realm that is coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental story of the week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash national car rent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Again, big thank you to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. All right, John, we need to do a make good for the listeners. Last week, we promised. It's important. We told them, we promised. They were listening with bated breath, waiting for us to discuss the foldable devices. We have rumors of what Samsung has coming up. We have rumors of what Motorola is about to do. Foldable devices, you have obviously talked about being excited about this realm at length in in previous episodes. And obviously for me too, I think it's cool to see something new come around that hopefully isn't just tech to be cool, but actually tech to serve a purpose. And um, yeah, we have some new stuff coming up. So I'm going to let you jump in with your thoughts first, because I know this is a place where you have a, a lot of excitement. It is. So... Here are my my thoughts. So we talked last week, Samsung had a real quick teaser on a new foldable device. And yeah. Not a Galaxy Fold style thing, but more of a like a flip phone. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the, the leaks on what Motorola is going to announce later on in the week in the month with the Razer, it's of that style. So it's a normal sized phone when open, then it folds into half flat, which I think is a killer form factor. Yeah, that is a useful way to do a foldable device, have it folded in half, a small screen so you can see who's calling or, or whatever you want to interact notifications on it, open it up, there's your larger screen, fold it back, smaller footprint in your pocket. Mm-hmm. I totally see the advantage of that. So Samsung just released kind of an image, like a, a GIF, GIF, don't yell at me, um, <laughs> about what it's, what it's going to be. And I think that looks awesome. I think that's a new direction for foldables. And then certainly Motorola doing rel- what appears to be the same thing with, with foldables. Do you think that these devices are ready for the prime time now? Because I feel like Galaxy Fold, obviously the first one had to be recalled or not even recalled, but delayed. Yeah. Second one released 
Did you get one of the the folds? Yes. Yeah. I had okay. to send it. I had to send it back. I had to send it back. Yes. Yeah, I got here. it for my my two week period or three weeks, whatever it was. But uh, yes. Okay. So we've used that impressive technology. Obviously, very expensive Absolutely. though, and hard to recommend. Even if it wasn't super expensive, hard to recommend to the average consumer. Just based on at least for me, it still felt like something that unless you babied it a few months later wouldn't be functioning the way it was on day one in some way. Fair, 100%. Now we're seeing the rumors of something new from Samsung, something new from Motorola, like you said. Are these things ready to be mass market devices or do you think these are still, for lack of a better term, public betas that you're paying to be a part of? Yeah, so I think we're kind of approaching the the second generation, let's say, of foldable devices. You know, for a lot of companies, it's their first time in, but they've had the benefit of an extra year and see sort of Samsung's mistakes and, and try to learn from, you know, what went on with the fold. So I think that these might be phones that actually are mass market. And by okay. nature of the hinge in the fold, the sort of clamshell phone form factor seems to be a lot easier to pull off mm-hmm. than a device that folds in half long wise, like you saw with the Galaxy yeah. Fold. So I think we'll see devices that are more durable. And because of how they fold together, there's less worry about scratching that screen. Mm. Uh, the hinge obviously isn't as big, so there's less room for dust and dirt and stuff for uh, you know ingress, egress inside right. of there. I think that this is, might be the first generation of foldables that actually people should consider if they're looking for a new device. Okay. Now, I'm looking at these, right? I'm looking at the Samsung one right now on uh, the GIF or JIF. Let us know, by the way, how do you say it? I like to say GIF. I say, I say GIF too, and then okay. I get yelled at, and the guy who made the format said GIF, but whatever, mm. I think I'm, I'm sickened by my guns. I like GIF. I like GIF. So, All right, so are we making that the podcast standard? Yes, yes. Okay. Our style guide here says GIF. Done. Looking at these devices, the one thing that worries me and that I'm not sure, you know, you have to take this into account. As cool as it is, let's just say there's no mechanical problems with these things at all. They've gotten through the problems. Everything's cool. Most people, when they're on their phone these days, they're not talking on the phone. They're using apps. They're on Facebook. Mm -hmm. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter, whatever it might be, YouTube. The form factor of the displays that I'm seeing on these clamshells when you open it up, it's not a 16 by 9. It's not a 2 by 1. It looks like something where app developers are going to need to update their apps for a new aspect ratio for devices that I assume will not be in the majority of people's pockets. Sure. Will they do that is my question. So when you get one of these phones and you open up, let's just say Instagram or YouTube, is it going to be black bars all over the place or is it going to actually fill the screen, which is like I said, I don't know what this is like 21 by nine. I'm not sure what the aspect ratio is here, but is it going to be a subpar app experience because developers don't see the value in putting resources into making a new form factor for a device that sells, let's just say 200,000 or 500,000 units when the iPhone is out there selling, you know, hundreds of millions every year? I mean, so fair, fair question. I'm not a developer and I'm not fully aware in all candor of what's inside of the Android dev kit and what it's theoretically capable of. But I do know that Android 10 was built and designed for this foldable. Um, okay. So built for continuity and sort of for foldable displays. So I believe okay. that inside of every developer kit for Android, you can set the apps to auto scale. Whether that means a great experience, I don't know. 
but I do know every app should, in theory, be very easy to make work That's on, good. on the display and sort of the probably longer aspect ratio. That's good. So yeah, if that's the case, if that is the case, then that's good because I believe iOS does the same thing now where it takes the, the resolution of your display, regardless of what it is for your app yeah. and scales it based on that display. So if Google's doing something similar there, even though some of these aspect ratios are going to be, you know, more off the wall than what we're seeing in other places, that's at least a good step. Cause that was the one thing that worried me was if you, if you tapped on YouTube or whatever, is it just going to be, you know, a super tiny experience? And so if, if things can scale, that's awesome. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm, I'm excited for, I think these might be the devices that are finally what foldables, like the first foldables that people should actually buy. And it's very cool. It's something new. And if these devices are successful, you know, they'll sort of give way to the next gen and the next gen where sort of foldables become mainstream technology gets better. And these sort of gaps and what they can do and not do uh, will really be filled in, have a really full feature device sooner than most people expect. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you a question. All right. Taking people like you and me out of this answer. You said first foldable that people should buy, right? So for the average person, when you buy a phone, that means it's replacing what you have. Not, it's not like you and me where it's like, oh, I have my foldable in my back pocket and I have my iPhone in my other pocket and then my, sure. my notes in this other pocket. And then for my stills, I got my pixel in this pocket. So yeah. are you saying you think that 2020 is the year where average folks should start considering getting rid of the, the slab of metal and glass and moving into foldables. It'll be ready for the average person. So I think it'll be the first year that people should consider okay. it, at least, and decide if it fits their lifestyle. Certainly the Galaxy Fold, while an amazing feat of engineering, yes. is not a device for everybody. I don't think it's a device that most people should buy. And I think even Samsung would admit that too. But I think what's gonna be coming next year, presumably, mm -hmm. uh, will be the first generation foldables that are worth considering as your only device in your pocket. Okay. Where do you think Apple fits into all this? Obviously, we've seen like patents and rumors, but nothing, yeah. uh, you know, nothing solid. And those patents were more on the tablet side rather than the phone side of things. Yes. What do you think? I don't think Apple fits into this really at all right now. I think Apple sits in the sidelines and sees what happens. And if they see technology change or improving, then maybe they get in the game. But I wouldn't bet on a foldable Apple product for six or seven years, if, if ever. In seven all years? I really don't think it's going to happen. Interesting. Interesting. I think we're going to see, I feel like if foldable displays become good, at the very least, it makes sense to make a tablet that can fold. Even if you're not doing a folding phone, a tablet, like imagine an iPad mini folds in half. I mean, I can see the utility and I wish they would do it. I think it would be amazing. But you don't think um, so? I just don't think so. Okay. What do you think, since we're talking about future not to veer too far off. Sure. What do you think the next big thing for Apple would be? Do you think it's more the AR glasses type of thing? I or the know. car? I'm not, AR, I'm not an AR VR guy. I would love to see Apple get into cars, not making their own cars, but make the OSs for cars. Like Google is doing with uh, Volvo and Polestar, presumably others. Yeah. I think that would be a very cool next step for them, in all honesty. I think that'd be a really cool way to go. So that would be the way that you think they kind of go into their next big product category. I mean, I think so. Do you, would you, what do you think? If they're doing cars, I feel like, I don't know if it's just like more, sometimes it's hard to like 
remove myself from the situation because I feel like sure is this just me like wanting this because I want it? But I feel like if they're doing a car, I want it to be more than the OS. Even if they're still partnering with somebody, I want it to okay. be almost like not many people may know about this, but recently Sonos and IKEA teamed up to make a less expensive Sonos speaker. That's IKEA branded and sold at IKEA. Yes. Sonos did all of the internals, everything that you don't see inside the speaker. And then IKEA did everything that you see with your eyes on the outside of the speaker. I would want it to be more like that, where Apple is like, we're doing the OS, but we also have Apple-y ways of doing, I don't know, a seatbelt or, you know, just things that are different that make the car yeah. more of an Apple-y experience from a hardware perspective and not just a software perspective because Apple does do interesting things with hardware. Like we said, like we talked about at the start of the show with AirPods Pro, for example, they're doing noise cancellation differently than anyone else is doing it. It may, at the end of the day, give you the same end result, but the process that they're using to make sure your ears are comfortable while using noise cancellation is very different than others. And I'd like to see them do something like that if they're making a vehicle rather than just leaving the, you know, the entire vehicle to let's just say BMW or whoever it might be. And then them just doing the software experience. Yeah. Um, I'm into that. The more you talk about it, the more I'm, I'm in, let's do that. Let's make that, <laughs> yes, let's have that be yes. the next thing. And then I feel like AR is going to be big, but this is one of those things where we're so early. If you think about it, we're almost in the cassette player Walkman days. Whereas, you know, if you look analogy, at, by the way. yeah, if you look at the cassette player from back in the day, back then, super cool, but you would have never known that it would have evolved, evolved, evolved to today where you have a thin piece of glass with a little bit of metal around it that lets you video chat to anybody on planet Earth, you know, at a moment's notice. Like, yeah, I feel like that's where we are with AR. And the one thing that will ruin it is going to be ads because advertising. That's fair. Always, it ruins everything. Right. So imagine you're like walking around with your AR glasses and you start getting coupons popping up like in your, you know, field of view as you look at a a store or something. That's annoying. But if there was a way to overlay information in the real world, it's almost like you're like the Terminator or something like, you know, how the Terminator or the Predator or whatever, like they look around and it shows you their built in like HUD in their brain. That would that would be us like that sounds super cool if that can be pulled off. That'd be incredible. But if that happens, that's something that I think more applies to the six or seven year timeline that you just brought up a minute ago. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited. That, that's, I think that's fair. I'm just not an AR guy, so I have a hard time seeing like, seeing how cool it's going to be. I just, okay. I haven't well, seen a practical use for it quite yet. If and when Apple announces AR glasses, which the rumor is 2020 is going to be the year, if they do, we'll see if your excitement level increases. Let's go back to the car discussion move on this is our weekly saga right now john his lease what's he gonna do now last week you talked about (laughs) i think you talked about your decision was coming down to a model three or a pickup truck which they were like two opposite ends of the spectrum right has there been any progress so here's the the wrinkle my wife said if i got a full-size pickup truck she sent me to therapy to see what was going on in my life um (laughs) Why well, I felt like I needed that. So I, I think I can safely cross that one off the list right now. But okay. yes, what I'm excited about is another pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be unveiled on November 21st, potentially coming out sometime in the next eight years. It is Tesla 
cyber truck, pickup truck, whatever weird Blade Runner thing that Elon's deciding to call it. Yes, a Tesla pickup. So it's How interesting. So I, I think pickup trucks are obviously one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, car demographic uh, purchase in the, in the U.S. So if Tesla is trying to compete as a mass market manufacturers have to have a vehicle for everybody. A pickup truck is a really big deal. Yeah. But I think a pickup truck that looks bizarre is probably not going to lure people over from buying an F-150 in the middle of the country. So I don't know what this thing's going to look like. You know, there's Rivian with their, what, their R1T, yeah. which I think looks amazing. They got a lot of money from, I believe, Ford and Amazon coming out sometime next year. So, and Ford's got their electric F-150 coming out. So there's a lot of very cool options on the pickup truck world. But I think I'm probably... Probably set on the Model 3. I've got the order done. I don't have a VIN yet. I ordered it on the 15th of October. So it's been, you know, three weeks. I kind of don't want to take delivery until after the truck event in case there's like a one more thing. We're like, now we've got an updated redesigned Model S that everybody's been asking oh, for. Oh, interesting. So I'm like, I'm okay waiting until after that event, just in case there's a surprise where we have to do a little quick uh, cancel and swap. <laughs> Fair. That's cool. That's cool. So in case people don't know, I didn't know this until someone told me a couple of years ago. The F-150 is like the best selling vehicle by far in America. For like a billion years in a row. Yeah. The pickup truck. Like, I, you know, living in the city, I'm in Seattle. I rarely see, you know, every now and then you see pickup trucks. But you would think if you drove down the freeway in Seattle, you would think that either the Prius or the Model 3 is the best selling car in the world because everyone in this region is running around with, you know, those types of cars. So it was yeah. really interesting to, to me to find out that the Ford F-150 of all cars is by far the best-selling vehicle. And like you said, it has been year over year over year over year. So it makes sense that Tesla would get into the pickup truck game. But at the same mm -hmm. time, what does it mean? Elon Musk tweet says, Cybertruck unveil on November 20th. Like cyber, that's a word he used, Cybertruck. Cybertruck. What does this mean? When you hear this word, what are you imagining that they're going to announce? I think if Tesla wants to sell cars, you look at the design of the Model S. It looked like a really nice sedan. Design of the Model 3 looks like a really nice smaller sedan. Design of the Model X, maybe a little minivan-ish, but it's a decent looking crossover. Mm -hmm. They are not going to unveil a weird looking pickup truck that's going to only appeal to, you know, the, the West Coast. Yeah. Let's say. So I think all these rumors of Cybertruck and Blade Runner, maybe they'll show a concept of what they want it to look like. And maybe we'll see a concept in the production vehicle will look more like a regular truck. But I don't think for a hot second, this is going to be a bizarre, <laughs> never seen before looking thing. I think it's going to look like a truck. Okay. With probably probably a Model 3 front end and some probably crazy LED headlights that have a kind of like a bar across the top like they've showed in linked images. And I think that's going to be it. Okay. Maybe a, maybe a cockpit. Maybe some sort of interesting yeah. cockpit or something. Something inside will be unique. And maybe that's a Blade Runner side. But it's going to look like a pickup truck. Like machine guns that come out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> the zombie pusher on the front. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Like the way that they've been hyping this. I think you're right. They're just going to be, it's, they've been hyping it, but it's going to be, it's going to be a pickup truck. It's going to be, be a truck. what you think a pickup truck should look like, unless they go with the route of, um, I don't even know what these are. And maybe you do. Cause I'm not the biggest car guy. Have you seen those like Cadillac Escalades that like are cut in half kind of like they're, they're like a short pickup truck. Yeah. There's some weird, there's some weird trucks, a Ford 
had like an Explorer pickup truck for a little while. GM had with the Avalanche. So there's been some weird tries of pickup trucks. They still all look like generally pickup trucks. Right. But they have like these shorter beds or whatever. Like I'm just trying to yeah. think like maybe that's what, where they're going with it. Is it going to be like a Model X with just like a Model X version of a pickup off. truck? Or is it going to be an actual new thing? I think that, it's going to be an actual. I think it's going to be an actual new thing. Okay. That's okay. my bet. November 21st is the day. 21st. Yep. In, uh, in LA near SpaceX, which I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, uh, I'll be there for the event. Yeah. Same here. I'm trying, I'm trying to get in. I mean, that'd be be a cool one to, to be at. I mean, let's go Elon. I I tweeted him. I responded to his tweet, Cybertruck unveil November 21st in LA near SpaceX rocket factory. I responded. What's up with the invite though? I have not heard anything. Supposedly they have not, they haven't set up the invite list yet. Okay. Fair enough. So there's still, there's still hope for the rest of us. Good. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if we can make it there. Why not? All right, John. So like you said, you have your order in, you're willing to wait. sounds like you are going to wait, whether they call you or not. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait. No, no update this week. We'll see if things change next week on the, uh, the ever changing car saga. Who knows? Maybe I'll have just bought a Dodge Ram. Um, (laughs) and, uh, we'll be a couple weeks into therapy by the next time we talk about it. There we go. All right, John. Thank you so much for joining me as always this week. Thank you. And thank you everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Geared Up. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.